He is the same Holy Spirit who anoints people in different ways, for different purposes and in different measures. In this message, we learn about the anointing of the Holy Spirit, how to increase in the anointing, and about the corporate anointing. Over the last several weeks, we've been talking about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we're going to spend time on that for two more Sundays, this Sunday and the next. And with that, we, we will conclude um, this season where we've been spending time just learning about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And this morning, I want to talk to us uh, about another aspect of the person and his work, uh, person work of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to us a little bit about the kinds of anointings, the kinds of anointings. Uh, that we uh, see in the Bible and as well as uh, what the Holy Spirit does in us. When we use the word anointing, we're talking about the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit at work through a person's life. That means the Holy Spirit is empowering a person in a certain way. That's what we refer to as the anointing. The empowering work of the Holy Spirit. He empowers you and me in a certain way. Now when Jesus ministered, he ministered by this anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he did his preaching, he did his teaching, he did his healing, delivering, everything Jesus did. He did it by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But that is by the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit in his life. That's how he did all those things. Look for, for example these following verses. In Luke the 4th chapter. And these may be very familiar. So I'm just going to go through a little fast. Luke chapter 4 verses 18, 19. Jesus said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me. Right. So what is. Being anointed simply means it means you're having the Holy Spirit upon you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So that's the anointing. Because he has anointed me. To do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. To heal broken heart. Those who are broken hearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. That means to set the captives free. To uh, restore sight to those that are blind. To bring liberty to those who are oppressed. Everything Jesus was going to do was preaching, his teaching, his healing, his ministry. Of touching the lives of people. If I'm too long, just, you know, just make it down. Right? Uh, 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 was, was by the power or by the anointing of the Holy. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has... Anointed me. So to be anointed simply means to have the Holy Spirit upon you to do what God has assigned you to do. That's the anointing. In Acts the 10th chapter verse 38, Peter in his sermon says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. That means he had the the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. And what happened? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. So here again, the anointing is simply the 
presence of the of the of the Holy Spirit, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit at work. In Matthew 12 and verse 28, Jesus said, If I by the Spirit cast out devils, then the kingdom of God has come to you. So how did he cast out devils? By the Spirit. If I by the Spirit cast out devils, then the kingdom of God has come to you. One more scripture here in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. The Bible says, How shall we escape if we neglect such a great, so great a salvation, which at the first was promised or proclaimed by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God bearing them witness with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and, and, and with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So the preaching was accompanied by signs, wonders, miracles, and gifts of the Spirit. So even Jesus ministered by the gifts of the Holy. So everything Jesus did was done by the anointing. And so this morning, uh, we just want to explore a little bit about this topic and encourage us and uh, whatever God's called us to do. The same Holy Spirit anoints and empowers people in different ways and with different degrees of power. It's the same person. But he anoints people differently with different degrees of his presence and his power. We see this throughout the Bible and I just want to make mention of some of these examples. Moses, look at Moses and Joshua. Moses was anointed to be a leader. He was a deliverer. He was a miracle worker. He was a prophet. He was an administrator. And he, he led a large nation. So everything he did, he did by the anointing. And he was multi-gifted, multi-faceted. He was a leader. He was a great administrator. He was a miracle worker. He was a prophet. He was a deliverer. And all of this that he did, he did it by the anointing of the Holy. Now Joshua, his successor, was also anointed by the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us, for instance, in Deuteronomy 34 in verse 9, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him, so that the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. So even Joshua was anointed to be a leader. But his anointing, gifting was slightly different. He he led the people into the land of promise, but his anointing empowered him to be more of a warrior leader. He led them in many battles, led them to conquer the lands. We don't see too many miracles like what Moses did. But he had the wisdom of God and he was anointed more to lead them in, in conquest. But he was anointed by the Spirit. And notice also here it says that Joshua had the spirit of wisdom because Moses laid his hands on him. Keep that in mind because we'll come a little later, come back to this a little later and talk about how the anointing can be imparted. In the book of Judges, we see several judges being raised up through that 400-year period, many of them. And the Bible in the, in the book of Judges repeatedly says the spirit of the Lord came upon the Spirit of the Lord came upon this person. The Holy Spirit came upon this person. So even these judges who were raised up to govern the lands were anointed by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon. But you see certain differences even among them. Some of them were very prophetic in nature, even among the judges. Some of them were very uh, 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 warrior-like. They led them in battles. And Samson perhaps was most unique among them. He had supernatural strength because the Holy Spirit came upon them. 
So the same Holy Spirit anointing people operates then in many different ways. Are you with me so far? Same Holy Spirit anointing people, coming on people. He, he empowers each one in different ways. There is no set mold. Everybody should just be like this. No. Same Holy Spirit coming on people, anoints them, empowers them in different ways. It's, it's multifaceted, many, many different ways he empowers them. Think about Samuel and Elijah and Elijah. They're all prophets. Samuel was a prophet. Elijah was a prophet. Elisha was a prophet. And so the Holy Spirit was upon them. But yet, each one of them had a different kind of ministry. Samuel was a prophet that was recognized by the entire land. The Bible says all of Israel knew that he was a prophet of God, that not one of his words would fall to the ground. But he never really confronted kings. He never really uh, confronted demonic powers. He never really did great miracles. But he was a prophet. He's anointed of God. But Elijah comes on the scene. It's very different because now he's working all these kinds of miracles. Food gets multiplied and all that. He's still anointed by the Holy Spirit. And now he's able to confront kings and witchcraft that he has to fight against. He confronts the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. Same kind of ministry, prophet, anointed by the Holy Spirit, but different working of the Holy Spirit. Elisha comes on the scene. The Bible says he, he has a double portion of the anointing. And so we see twice as many miracles through his life. So all of them, prophets, anointed by God, but the Holy Spirit's working to different degrees and in different ways through their lives. David was anointed in many ways. He was a psalmist. He was a warrior. He was a prophet. He was also a king. Anointed in all of these. Think about the major and minor prophets. Isaiah, for example, Jeremiah. Ezekiel, many others. All of them are prophets. All of them are anointed by the Holy Spirit. But each one has different kinds of experiences. They're not in fitting in a sim sing single mold. Ezekiel has all these kinds of visions. And he gets transported in the spirit like held up between heaven and earth. And You don't see that happen to Jeremiah. Jeremiah's more like, man, you always get around him and you start crying. He's like always crying, the weeping prophet. Both are prophets, both anointed of God, both prophesying to the nations. But the way the Holy Spirit's working is very different. Isaiah is different. So the point here I want to emphasize is that he is the same Holy Spirit who anoints people in different ways for different purposes and in different measures. So we can never put the anointing of the Holy Spirit in a little box and say, this is it. No, he is God. He's limitless in his operations. He's limitless in his working. And we just need to recognize when the Spirit of God is moving. Let's build on this further. Next important point I want us to understand is that there is an anointing for whatever God has called you to do. Put your hand on your chest and say this with me. There is an anointing for whatever God has called me to do. Say it one more time, but this time I sound a little convinced. There is an anointing for whatever God has called me to do. Amen. You are anointed by the Holy Spirit to do whatever God's called you to do. And you are not a carbon copy of the person sitting next to you. Amen? So don't try to put everybody in the same molds. We're all going to look like this because we're all anointed by the same Holy Spirit. Yes, we are all anointed by the same Holy Spirit. But he works through us in different ways, in different measures, in different degrees, and in different manifestations. Different ways he expresses himself. 
But the point is, whether we are doing the work of the ministry or whether we are engaging in the marketplace, whatever you're called to do, you there is an anointing for every God-given so if God's called you to be a school teacher, if God called you to be a politician, if God's called you to be a sports person, whatever God's called you to do, whatever is God's assignment for your life, there is an anointing for that. Amen? For those of us in ministry, for example, let's just break this down here. There are different kinds of anointings for those in ministry. And you find this in scripture, and I'm just giving an overview right now. The Bible talks about those who are apostles and Prophets and pastors and teachers, evangelists, worship leaders, intercessors, prayer, all kinds of ministries you find in the body of Christ. And there is an empowering presence and work of the Holy Spirit for each of these ministries. Are you with me? And here's the other interesting thing. Even within each kind of ministry, take for example that of the apostle. There are different kinds of apostles. It doesn't mean that there's only one kind of apostle in the, in the church. There are different kinds. You'd find apostles who plant churches. There are apostles who govern. There are apostles who birth movements. There are, there are apostles in the marketplace. There are apostles who open up new territories. All kinds of apostles. So even apostles, you can't put them in one box and say, if he does A, B, and C, he's an apostle. No, there are all kinds of apostles. Are you with me? instance in the Bible, you find the Bible says, Peter was an apostle to the Jews. Paul was an apostle to the Gentiles. So Peter didn't have to open any new doors. It's just the Jewish people all around him. But Paul had to go and open up new doors, gain new ground, gain territory. They were both apostles, but the way the Holy Spirit worked in their life was very different. The apostolic, the expression of the apostolic ministry was very different. But they were both apostles. Think about pastors. There are different kinds of pastors. There are pastors who are great teachers. There are pastors who work with children. We call them children's pastors. There are pastors who work with young people. There are pastors who are apostolic and prophetic in nature. There are pastors who engage the marketplace and they shepherd people in the marketplace. You can find all kinds of pastors. It's the same Holy Spirit. Anointing people in many different ways, many different measures, many different expressions. Are you with me? So you can never lock the Holy Spirit into one that this is only a pastor. Look, no. Somebody could be, you know, a, a pastor in the marketplace. He may have, you know, five people with him and he's shepherding them. He's a pastor. He may be having 20 people working for him, shepherding them. He's a pastor. He's anointed by the Holy Spirit to be a pastor in the marketplace. He's pastoring the lives of those people that God has entrusted to him. Amen. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Similarly, there are different kinds of anointings for those in the marketplace. Those of you who are in the marketplace, you think like, oh no, I'm not an apostle, I'm not a prophet, I'm not a teacher. That's fine. Doesn't mean you're not anointed. There's an anointing for you as well. In the marketplace, in business, in arts, in creative design, in government, in education, in many, many areas, there is an anointing. The Holy Spirit doesn't stay only inside church. Amen. Whatever you do, there's an anointing for you. The Bible is full of these kinds of examples. Think of Joseph. David was king. Daniel was a prophet and he was, you know, he served in three different governments. Three different empires. But he was there. He was second to the king in most, most, most of the time. And yet he was anointed by the Lord. 
So there is an anointing even for all those in the marketplace. So here's what I want to impress on our hearts. As believers, we must learn to lean on and draw upon the anointing, the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit on our lives in whatever we are engaged in. Amen? Whatever you are engaged in, tap into it. Holy Spirit, you're, going to, you're empowering me in this assignment. Whatever you're doing, don't say, the anointing is only for the preacher. Or the anointing is only for those who, you know, up on stage on church and so, in church on Sunday. No. The anointing is for every believer right where you are in the marketplace. So we must learn to draw upon the presence and the empowering of the Holy Spirit in whatever we're doing. And as we commune and fellowship with the Holy Spirit and consciously ask and yield to His empowering, we'll experience more of this. Now, What's the fruit of the anointing? I mean, why are we talking about the anointing? What, can the, what, what, different, what difference can the anointing make? I just want to highlight three things. First of all, it's the anointing that births the supernatural. Meaning all of us are gifted naturally in certain ways, in several things. Some of us are natural leaders. Some of us are natural organizers. Or some of us are naturally disorganized in that detail. You know, but we are natural, we, we have natural giftings, and we can do certain things. But it is the anointing, the empowering of the Holy Spirit that helps us go beyond ourselves, go beyond what we can do by our own abilities and our own strengths. And this is where we need to learn to lean on the wisdom, the empowering that comes from the Holy Spirit, Joseph. He interpreted dreams by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Moses, he was highly educated, but none of his education taught him how to turn water into blood. And so that aspect had to come by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. The supernatural is life. Had to come by the empowering of the Spirit. David, he never went to the National Institute of Design. He never went through any architectural school. But yet, by the empowering of the Holy Spirit, he sat down and drew the blueprint of that great temple that we know as Solomon's temple. That he said was by the hand of the Lord upon my life. Elijah, he could naturally run and he could naturally run only so fast. But when the Spirit of God came on him, he ran faster than horses. Now some of you are like, man, I need that. <laughs> the point here is simply this. That the empowering of the Holy Spirit puts the supernatural in us and through us. Gives us wisdom that we never had access to by our own selves. Gives us skill and ability and empowering that we could never step into by our own selves. Secondly, it's the anointing that births lasting works to be done through us. Jesus put it like this in John 6 and verse 63. He said, it is a spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. That means when I do something just by fleshly energy, motivated by wrong things and just temporal things, they don't really profit people. But when I do it by the spirit, there is life. There is permanent change. Things happen in people's lives when we minister by the spirit as opposed to doing it by the See, by the flesh, I can excite people. I can make them feel good. But permanent change only comes by the Holy Spirit. Because as soon as the sound of the noise gets over, 
Whatever is of the flesh will just go away. But if it's of the spirit, something changes. Permanence, things of permanence take place in the hearts and lives of people. And a third reason, a third thing about the work of the spirit is that it is the anointing that breaks demonic yokes and removes demonic birth. It's the anointing. The devil is not afraid of my intellect. The devil is not afraid of how much I've studied the Bible. He's been studying the Bible for the last 6,000 years. So he probably knows it better than me. All of us. There's the one thing the devil is afraid of and it is the anointing of the Holy. Isaiah put it this way in Isaiah 10 verse 27. He said, and his yoke, talking about the oppressor. His yoke shall be taken from off your shoulder. From off your shoulder, his burden will be removed. The, his burden will be removed from his shoulder. His yoke from your neck. The yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. The oppressed, the, the yoke and the burden of the oppressor is removed because of the anointing. Not because of how smart I am or any of my natural giftings, but it's. And the anointing flows. Things happen. Isaiah says again like this in Isaiah 59 verse 19. He says, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood. The spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against. So when the enemy is attacking and trying to oppress and do things. What is the barrier that will stop the enemy? Not my arguments, not my natural abilities. It's the spirit of the, the anointing. I will stop the work of the oppressor. So you see, the anointing, the, pres the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit is so important for all of us in all of our lives and, and whatever we are called to do. A few more things here that I want us to just begin to understand about the anointing is that the anointing can be increased. We can grow uh, and increase in the anointing over our lives. The Bible does talk about varying levels of anointing. It may be the same gift, but the, the level of anointing on that gift can vary. Take, for example, Moses and the 70 leaders. The anointing to lead was imparted from Moses to his 70 leaders. But each one of the 70 only led a small group of people, whereas Moses led the entire nation. The anointing, the same kind of anointing, but the varying levels of their anointing on people's lives. And so we, we need to understand that and we need to know that we can actually grow, we can increase in the anointing upon our lives. Elisha had a double portion of the anointing that was on Elijah, twice as much. And we need to be repeatedly anointed afresh. The psalmist says in Psalm 92 verse 10, My horn you've exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. You read through the book of Acts. All of the uh, early disciples were baptized in the spirit on the day of Pentecost. As you read through the book of Acts, you read over and over again. And they were filled with the spirit. They were filled with the spirit. Peter being filled with the spirit, he spoke boldly. So, Although they were baptized once, they were over and over again receiving fresh empoweringings or anointings or if you want to use the word fresh baptisms. And, you know, we don't want to get too theological about it. But the fact is they were 
fresh anointings coming on their lives over and over again, empowering them afresh to do what God wanted them to do at that moment. So we need fresh anointings on our lives. Are you with me so far? So the anointing can increase and we must desire for greater levels of anointing, greater increase. And if you've been operating at a certain level, you say, God, I want to move to greater levels. I want to move to greater heights. You know, even in the natural, you know, if a sprinter uh, does his 100 meters in, you know, whatever, 9 point, or maybe let's say, let's start very modest. Maybe he's able to do his 100 meters in 10 seconds. You know, he doesn't say, wow, 10 seconds, you know, I'm number 275th in the whole world. No, he's saying, I want to go break the nine-second barrier. I want to, you know, be within the top hundred in the world. And, and when he gets there, he doesn't stop. He says, I want to push even further, right? They, they try to increase. They try to get better and better. And so also in the spirit, the wicked presence that God, I want to be sharper. I want to be stronger. I want to have greater impact, greater influence by the anointing that's on your, on my life. So increase what you're doing in me. We must desire for more. You know, Look at this example. Elisha was serving Elijah. And when it was time for Elijah to be taken off the scene, he did not say, just give me what you have. He dared ask, give me twice as what you. He dared ask for that. He's saying, you know, what you've had is good. It was nice for your time. You're going away. I don't know what kind of times I'm going to face. I want twice, a double portion. And Elijah didn't say, you fellow. <laughs> no. He admitted, you've asked for a hard thing because no man can receive anything unless it's given to him from God. Meaning, I can't give what I don't, ha what I don't have. I can only give what I do have. What you're asking, double portion has to come from God. Years, you just stay with me. And if you're faithful, God will give it. And he ended up receiving twice as much. But the point I want to emphasize here is that he dared ask for more and we should ask for more. If you've been operating at a certain level in your business or in your in whatever vocation with a certain grace of God and anointing of God on your life, ask for more. Saying, God, I want to have greater impact. I want, to, I want more of this on my life. Ask him for more. Don't, don't be afraid. A few more thoughts on the anointing. We close. Three more thoughts here. Next thought that I want us to understand is that the anointing can be released imparted or transferred. That means the grace and the anointing that God has placed on somebody can be imparted to others. And we see several examples of this. A portion of the anointing, we saw this verse earlier, a portion of the anointing that was on Moses was imparted to Joshua when he laid hands on him. So Joshua walked in the same spirit of wisdom as Moses did. Because Moses laid his hands on him. Now, not all of the aspects of the anointing that was on Moses came to Joshua, but certain aspects, the spirit of wisdom was given to Joshua. When the anointing was taken from Moses and given to 70 leaders that he would appoint, Moses didn't lay hands on all of them, but God just transferred supernaturally. God transferred. The anointing that was on Moses, portion of it was imparted on the 70, and they walked in a measure of that. Elisha received twice as much as Elijah. And again, Elijah did not lay hands on him. God just transferred double portion. But he was desiring for it. There are many ways that the anointing can be imparted or transferred through the laying on of hands, through the touch of faith, through association, by working together with, with, with the right kind of people. And that God can supernaturally transfer as God chooses. 
One great example is God transfers across time. Elijah walked and then John the Baptist came and the, and, and the Bible says he walked in the spirit and the power of Elisha. That was several hundred years later. But God transferred. He walked in that kind of anointing. Certain aspects of Elisha's anointing. So what's the key here? The key is this, that what you honor and respect, you will attain. So if you and I want to receive, so I want to encourage us, you know, as we try to grow in the anointing of God in our lives, let's also learn to receive from other men and women of God, and we do it by honoring what God's placed on their lives. But Jesus said, if you honor a prophet, in the name of a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. So what you honor, if you despise and treat lightly, you won't attract that into our lives. So understand that while we are seeking to grow in the anointing of God, let's learn to receive through other people. It's not like we want to adore people or put people in any kind of wrong position and place. We don't. We should not do that. But learn to receive. Even through the smallest people, you find certain grace and anointing on somebody's life. Maybe they are really prospering in their business. Then you say, hey, can you pray for me? Because if God's graced you and anointed you that way in business, I want that grace on my life. I want that anointing in my life. So you just pray for me. So what happens? The grace gets imparted to you. But you need to be humble enough to ask them to pray for you. Right? Say, so are you a reverend? No. Do you, have a, do you have a DD after your name? No. But God's blessed you. There's an anointing, grace on your life. So I need you to pray for me. It's not the qualification, but it's the anointing that I'm after. So you honor that. You respect that. You get them to pray for you. And you receive of their lives as you honor and respect. Are you with me? The anointing can also be transferred through material things. In Acts 19 and verse 11, for instance, the Bible says, uh, Paul prayed over handkerchiefs, and these pieces of cloth were taken away to people in other places who were sick and demon-possessed, and they were delivered. So the presence, the empowering of the Holy Spirit was transferred through material objects. Or think about the woman touching Jesus' garments. I mean, he's wearing... His cloak, he was not wearing an Armani suit that you had to touch. <laughs> no, it's just whatever he was wearing. But the virtue, the Bible says, virtue went out of him when people touched the hem of his garment. So the anointing, virtue, power of the Spirit entered into people's lives when they touched the garment that he was wearing. So the anointing could flow even through material objects. The oil that we use, there's nothing special about the oil. But when the oil is prayed over, it now becomes a carrier of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's when the Old Testament, the oil is used over and over again. When, when Samuel came to anoint David, he poured oil, anointed him. It's a symbol, a carrier of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. So we could do that. In some cases, water is used. You pray with the water, people take it, and then they, they go and drink it, and they get healed, and, and many things happen. So the anointing can also be imparted through material objects. Last two thoughts here. The anointing is tangible at times. That means the presence and, and the empowering of the Holy Spirit is recognizable, sometimes to our spiritual senses, and sometimes even to our natural senses senses. You can feel in the natural the presence of the Holy Spirit. So one of the things that I try to do even in our worship time is when I come here I want to sense, I try, God do I sense your presence? 
Am I sensing the presence of God? And then when I sense that presence, I want to flow with that presence. Next Sunday we'll talk about flowing. Moving in the direction that he wants us to go. Because, you know, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being like the wind. Jesus says in John 3, the wind blows wherever it wants. So we need to know where the wind is blowing, which direction is he blowing, and learn to go in that direction because that's where, when you're beginning to flow with the anointing, going with the flow, that's when you'll begin to find the manifestation of the Spirit. He's working. You're, you're co cooperating with him. So it's important for us to try to recognize his presence, either in spiritually or sometimes you can even recognize it physically. But the anointing is tangible. And we must learn to be sensitive to his presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And learn to recognize what is the mood of the Spirit right now. Maybe the mood of the Spirit right now is for us to celebrate. So that's the time you clap and make some noise because the Holy Spirit is moving that way. He wants us to get into a mode of shouting. You say, what will happen when I shout? Hey, the walls of Jericho came down when they shouted. So the Holy Spirit is moving in that manner and and saying, I want you to shout. I want you to clap hands. I want you to make a loud noise. Then we move with that. We go with that. We flow with that. But sometimes the Holy Spirit says, I want you to pause. I want you to get on your knees. I want you to bow. Then we go with that. We, we must learn to recognize the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. And as we begin to flow with that, that's when we begin to experience His working. Are you with me so far? But many times we miss out on the working of the Spirit because you're like, all right, six songs up. Time for pastor to come and tell us, sit down, man. Oh, no, he's singing that song again. Oh, man, doesn't he know I want to sit down? See, that's how we are, we are thinking like that. We're thinking like typical church people. But we got to get out of that and say, okay, so Holy Spirit, what are you doing now? Hmm, pastor is saying, Let's sing it again. Okay, I'm going to sing it again. I know I'm tired, but I'm going to sing it again. Right? You get in with the flow. I've never done sailing. I only read about it. But, but I think, you know, it's common sense. When the wind is blowing a certain way, you want to catch the wind. You set your sail to it, and you go with it. That's where it's going to take you far. Amen? So all of us need to be tuned in. And say, what's, what's the Holy Spirit doing right now? How is he leading? Sometimes you may not feel anything, but watch somebody who's got the feeling. And follow them. Right? So that's so why I keep my eyes open. I look at Pastor Jake. I mean, what's he feeling? He's always smiling. Oh, yeah, it's a good time. You know, God's in a good mood. You know, right? So I watch. Watch others who are, you know, leading. What are, what are they sensing? Because if they've caught the wave and they've caught the wind, hey, it's easy for me just to follow them. When I start following them, I'm going to begin to sense what they're sensing. So the anointing is recognizable. When the woman touched Jesus, she knew, the Bible says she knew something happened to her. Meaning she felt something going inside her, making her well. All the others were pushing, bumping into Jesus, you know, not feeling anything. Ouch. <laughs> That's all they were feeling. But none of them were feeling the word through the anointing. Jesus felt it. This woman felt it. So I want to encourage us, you know, this anointing we're talking about, the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit is tangible. Sometimes you may be sitting in your office and this can come on you. 
Now, don't go to the boss and say, boss, I'm feeling the anointing. I mean, like, what? <laughs> he might send you to the counselor. Go to HR, please. And <laughs> make an appointment with the counselor, you know. <laughs> we have an in-house psychologist, you know, go there. <laughs> so don't do that. But the point is, when you are in your office and you feel the anointing, the hand of the Lord coming on you, say, God, what are you saying? Sometimes an idea is born. Sometimes a, prob a solution to a problem comes. Sometimes it says, go and talk, meet with your boss and do this and this. But you need to pick up what the Spirit of God is saying. Because right there in your office, in that heat of the day, or in that air-conditioned room, the Holy Spirit can come upon you, anoint you to do something. But if you miss it, it's gone. So learn to recognize, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit moving upon you. And, and, and he moves in different ways. Sometimes it's like a mantle, like as a blanket has come upon you. Sometimes it's like fire. You can feel the warmth. There's a, it's like the wind. There's a stirring, moving. Sometimes there's joy. There's a sense of release. There, or there's a weighty glory, a heavy presence. Uh, sometimes it's like the rain. There's a feeling of refreshing. There are different ways the Bible talks about, that, about the presence of the Spirit. And if you and I are sensitive to it, wherever it happens, we pick it up. And so, okay, Lord, what are you saying now? And he'll move you to do something that he wants. I want to close with this thought about the corporate anointing. Well, all of us as individuals carry uh, uh, an anointing upon our lives to do what God's called us to do. The most important and, and what is the strongest is the corporate anointing or the collective anointing. When, when God's people gather together. The corporate anointing. You see it in both the testaments. For example, in the Old Testament, in Second Chronicles chapter 5, when all the priests came in, Solomon's temple was built, and Solomon was going to dedicate the temple. They all came together. And the Bible says, as they began to praise the Lord, it says the glory of God, the corporate anointing, the presence of God enveloping that entire gathering of people was so strong, the priests could no longer stand to sing or do anything. I mean, that kind of interruption is most welcome. Amen? I mean, if God's presence among us is so, so strong, like Pastor Jake says, I can't sing anymore. And Sujit on the drums is like, and you know, Jeff on the keyboard is like, fingers are stuck, not moving. And our guitarists can't strum the guitar anymore. And like, they're all like, God, this is too much, too heavy, Lord. Hey, when the glory of God just comes over all of us, that is the strongest kind of anointing that can come upon us. Because in that corporate anointing, many things can take place. The Bible talks about that in the new early church. The early church walked in this kind of corporate anointing. And, and, and it was so strong that even people would come and lay the sick people on the streets. And if Peter walked by, you get healed. They came from all other parts of uh, all other regions. They came all the way to Jerusalem just to get there onto Solomon's porch where the people used to gather. The presence of God was so strong. The corporate anointing. Us collectively experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
keys that we see there in the book of Acts, two things. One is they were in one accord. They had unity of the spirit. You don't find any discord up until chapter 6. They were united, one heart, one mind. Everyone just honoring one another and loving one another, sharing with one another. That's key. And that's why we should have low tolerance or no tolerance for any kind of disunity, any kind of strife or division. Because that will rob us of the corporate anointing. We must guard the unity of the spirit amongst us. Are you with me? And second key that we find among in the early church is that they continued in, in prayer and worship. They were devoted to prayer and worship. And as we come together in prayer and worship, we, we will press in. We will experience more and more of this corporate anointing and, and see great things happen. I close with this verse in Psalm 133, verses 1 to 3. It says, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Because what happens? Next verse. It's like the precious oil upon the head. Meaning, it's talking about the anointing. It's like this precious oil. The anointing that was on Aaron. And it just flows down. Meaning, in the place where God's people are dwelling in unity, that's the place of anointing. And we're dwelling together in unity. And then the next verse says, it's like the dew of Hermon. Descending on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commands a blessing. Life forevermore. So the place of unity is a place of refreshing. Typified by the dew. It's a place of commanded blessing. That's, the Lord, that's where the Lord commands blessing. And in God says, those people have to be blessed. He commands the blessing there. And it's a place of life. It's a place where all that we see and know about God, we begin to experience. But what's the key? When brethren dwell together in unity. That means unity has to be pursued. It doesn't happen automatically. We have to choose to guard our hearts, guard our mouths, guard what we say and how we work with people. So we're going to walk in unity because we want the anointing amongst us as a people. Amen? So there is an anointing for each one of us. And this morning, I just want to encourage you to pursue that for your own life and what God's calling to do. And then for us collectively to say, God, we want more of the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit amongst us. Amen? Let's stand to our feet, please. Could you take a moment right now as you're standing here just to pray and say, God, I want more of the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit over my life. And what you've called me to do. Each one of us have different assignments in life. Maybe a businessman, you may be a teacher, an educator, maybe an artist, or something else that you're called to do. Whatever it is, for every God-given assignment, there's an anointing. There is the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. So would you just pray and say, Lord, I ask you for more of this anointing. The anointing of God brings a supernatural, supernatural wisdom, supernatural grace to deal with people, supernatural grace to solve problems, supernatural grace for leadership, supernatural grace to come up with creative things. 
there's so many things. But it births the supernatural. Things that are beyond ourselves. It's the anointing that births lasting works. That brings life. It's the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. It's the anointing that breaks yokes and removes burdens. So could you pray that just for your own life? We just welcome, welcome, welcome the Holy Spirit. We welcome your sovereign presence here. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Just come. Let your presence just descend upon us this morning, even as we stand at verse. But we need you, Holy Spirit. Just keep playing, child. Just keep playing. That's good. We just welcome you, Holy standing I want you to try and sense the presence of God try and try and recognize and ask yourself do I sense his presence do I can I recognize his presence now you train yourself to recognize so try and sense the presence of God I can sense it I can just say that you know Jeff's playing the right key and this is they're just flowing together I can just recognize that things are flowing the right way. So you try to do that. They recognize His presence.
you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I'm going to take a moment just to pray and just minister to some, some people. Those of you who are about to start something new in your life, maybe you're starting a new business, a new ministry, something new that you're about to start. I just want you to come up here. We're just going to pray and add release of grace and anointing on your life. And also feel for those who, you know, maybe you've done certain things and now you're, you're transitioning into something new. You're in the place of birth, birthing something. I want you to come forward. We're going to just pray and release grace upon your life. So if you identify with what I've just said, just come and stand here. I'm going to have some people come and just pray over you and say, I'm in this place right now. I'm starting a new business. I'm starting something new in my life. And I need to receive an impartation. I need to receive grace upon my life. I'm going to call. Again, I haven't handpicked anybody here this morning. It was, I didn't plan for this. So I'm just going to open it up here for those of you who know that you've seen God work in your life, that maybe some years back you started something new and, and God's really blessed you and taken you into that, I want you to come and stand with me up here to pray for them because we're going to release that grace. The same grace, the same anointing that God put on our lives, we want to release it upon these people as they get ready to start something new. So I want you to call, come on, just come up here. And just stand with me on the stage and say, you know, we're going to release. If we have received anointing, we have received grace, we're going to impart it to others. We're going to give to others. And so I want you to come and stand up here with me on the stage. Maybe a couple of years ago, you, you started something new and God's blessed you. God's prospered you. It's time for you to pass that grace on. It's time for you to pass that anointing on, on these people who, who, who need that grace at this moment in their lives. Come on, come, come and stand here. We're going to pray together and say, God, here are some people. They're in, the, in that new moment in their lives. And they need grace. They need impartation. They need release of this. And we're going to do that. We're going to be good stewards of the grace and anointing God's put on our lives. We're going to release that upon them. And say, God, if you put it upon us, we're going to just pray and release it. Right? So all of you standing here, as you're starting something new in your life, look at these people. They are, you know, we're not super special or anything. We're just, hey, we've been blessed. God's put a grace on our lives. Some years ago, we were exactly, you know, in places that you might find yourself in. We were there. But it was the grace of God, the anointing of God released on our lives, given to us, that brought us to where we are. So this morning, we're just being good stewards and saying, God, we want to impart it. We want to release it into their lives. And would you receive it? Right? So in your heart, you say, God, I want to receive, I want to receive this grace I want to see this anointing of my life to go out and make a difference by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Here are people who experienced it and they're passing it on. They're releasing it for me. I'm receiving that anointing. When I ask each one of these three people to pray and whatever the Lord leads them to pray, they're going to pray. They're just going to release. And just as the Lord took what was on Moses and, and he put it on the 70 in the same way. God can do this. And if you just pray and say, God, give me twice as much. Or give me three times. I mean, I want lots more, Lord. I want to go out there and do something really significant with this new thing that you put before me. Whatever it might be. doesn't matter. You might be stepping into something new, whatever it is, small or big. But you're saying, God, I want grace. I want something to be imparted in my life this morning. I believe this is your moment. That's why here we're here. 
I'm going to just get the mic around. We're going to pray. As we pray, receive, 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 receive. Father God, we just thank you for all those that have come up. We know that your power is overwhelming and, and that as we walk in faith, that you are able to meet us at our need. We just pray, Lord, for all of those that have come up, that the anointing be upon them. We pray for, for faith for them. We pray for a double portion. We ask, oh, Heavenly Father, that you just impart wisdom, courage, protection, grace, just blessings, healing, direction. Father, just uh, be, let them be a light unto this world. Continue to show them the way. We just thank you for all that you are doing with your people. We ask, Lord, that you just touch this nation with the people that are here at All People's Church. And we just know that you are able to do all things. Nothing is too big. Nothing's too far. Nothing is too lost that your anointing cannot restore. We just thank you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Father God, we thank you, Master, for each and everyone who's come here, Father with new thoughts in their minds, with plans that you put in their heart, Father. Master, we are the clay, Father, and you are the potter. Father, no matter what our plans and ideas, Master, we know that you will shape it the way you want it. Father, there's victory in your name. Father, there's complete victory in your name, Father. It's not by our might or our merit, Father, but you put us in places, you put us in seasons, Father. And we pray, God, that whatever, Lord, that you have bestowed in the people before us, Father, that you will give a double portion, Master, into these people. That they will see success, Father. That they will see a double portion in what they give out into this world, Father. That they will be lights that are on the hill, Master. And that they will be shining lights for your name, Master. That the world will know that there is a God who answers prayers. That there is a God who is the best planner. There is a God who will break all other plans made by man. And he will lift people who are zeros and make them the heroes, Master. That you are the God, Father, who will listen to prayers, Father. That you are the God who will answer. Even when the bank balance is zero, Master, you will make businesses run. Father God, we thank you that you've done it before. And we thank you, Father, you will continue to do it because your name is above all, Father. We continue to pray for these people and we ask, Lord, everything that they touch, your hand will be upon them. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you. You are with us today, Father. God, as you've said in the Proverbs, many are the plans of our heart, but the way comes from the Lord. Lord, show us the way. Bless us with your anointing, Lord. You are the same Father who guided Abraham. He started with nothing. He showed him that his descendants are going to be as big, as, as countless as the stars. You're the same Father who's been there, guided Solomon and all, all his endeavors, Lord helped him grow bigger and build a, such a beautiful church, such a vast kingdom and grow in trade, grow in every way possible. The same, same God who helped David, who blessed him with so many different anointings, Lord, as a psalmist, 
as a king, as a mighty warrior to slay Goliath. In every way you blessed so many people in, 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 in the Bible, Lord. In the same way we ask for your grace, Lord. We ask to pour your blessing upon us. There is nothing impossible that you have give, guided us to do, Lord. You began a good work in us and you will see it on to completion, Lord. We have full faith in you to guide in each and every way. We have nothing is impossible because God is with us. Nothing can be against us. With that blessing, with that anointment, we go on to do miraculous things because we do the natural and you'll do the supernatural, Lord. Come and do supernatural work amongst us and bless, bless and grow whatever we are starting today a thousandfold, a millionfold, because everything is possible because only because of your grace, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We ask all this through Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for the grace that's been released to God, for the anointing that's been imparted, God. We just thank you, Father. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We bless you. We bless you, God. We honor you. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. Is anyone here that you're, you're in that field of architecture? You're an architect or in that field? That's your line of business. Just put your hand up. Come in here. Architect. Architecture. That's your work, line of work. Just put your hand up. I want to see you. Anyone? Nobody here? Don't be ashamed. Just put your hand up. Okay. Nobody here? Architect, architecture. Okay, let's just continue praying. Thank you, God. Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Father God. For that anointing, for that impartation this morning. And God, we just thank you that each one of these people go out to do great things, mighty things, because of your Holy Spirit. That no obstacle will stop them. That every mountain will be made low, every valley will be lifted up, and you'll make the paths before them straight. And you'll open up doors that seem shut make the impossible possible for their lives because of the anointing because it's not by might it's not by power but it's by my spirit it's by my spirit God we just thank you we bless you God we just thank you thank you we bless you we bless you, honor you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, God. Amen. 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 As you go forth from this place, I want you to go forth with the confidence that it's by the Spirit that you're going to see great victories. Amen. It's by the Holy by the empowering of the Spirit, you're going to see great victories in your life. Amen? As you go, we're going to just sing this song together. It's a new season. 
It's a new day of fresh anointing. It's coming my way. We're going to sing that. Sing that over your life. And I want you to just go believing. Go back to your seats. Believing this. It's a new day. It's a new season. It's a new day. fresh anointing on your people that they step into a new season of their lives a season of power a season of prosperity and they go further than they've ever gone before they reach higher than they've ever reached before and they have greater impact and greater influence God than ever before in their lives we release this and we call this Lord into being in Jesus name and everyone said Amen. It's a new season. There's a fresh anointing. It's a season of power. It's a season of prosperity. Go expect it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Go expect it. Father, we give you thanks and praise. And we look forward to seeing this happen. The lives of your people in Jesus' name. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.